Well, we're going to read from a passage that seems appropriate, I think, Hebrews chapter 12, and I'm just going to read the first three verses for us. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. I had a professor who always told me, when you see a therefore, look to see what it's there for. Anybody else heard that? And so we have at the beginning of our passage, a therefore. So we look to see what it was there for. And here's the reality. Hebrews chapter 12 follows Hebrews chapter 11, right? I know it seems like Captain Obvious here, but I am making a point because Hebrews chapter 11 contains a kind of hall of fame of faithful legacy characters that bring us to a certain point in history. And some of these names, even if you've never spent any time in the church, you might even know them. Names like Noah and Abraham, names like Sarah and Moses, Rahab and David. These are legacy characters um, that brought us to a certain point in faith. And despite their flaws, despite their misgivings and shortcomings, despite even their sin, they are remembered as faithful. Faithful to the task that God had given them that brought the church to that point in history. Now, their testimony is like a huge crowd in a stadium. Did you get that picture as we read the passage? A huge crowd in a stadium, and that huge crowd is their testimony. And that testimony is cheering on the runners in a race. They ran their race, they ran it well, and now the race is finished and they're cheering on the new runners. Who are the runners? That's you and me. The testimony of their faith is cheering us on because now it's our turn to run the race. The writer to the Hebrews gives some simple coaching points on how to run this race well. He says three things. Stay focused on Jesus. Keep your eyes on the prize, right? Don't trip up over sin. In fact, he said, actually, strip down naked, but we won't take things too literally in the Bible in this church. Uh, no, don't trip over sin. And the third thing he says is never, ever give up. We've had the opportunity today to recall 50 years of ministry and service of worship in this place with this community. And as I've been listening to the stories and reflecting on this leading up to today, this passage really speaks to me. There are many people who have gone before us. We've mentioned their names today. We've heard some of them. Some you might know, some you don't. But we know that these people who have gone before us have been legacy characters who have brought us to this point in our journey together. And there's people still with us. I mean, 50 years in the scheme of things is not a really long time. And so we have characters, legacy characters, who, and I believe me, they are characters, who are still here with us. 
And together, the witness of those who are still here and the witness of those who have gone before, it's cheering us on. It's wanting the best for this congregation at this time. And now it's our turn collectively to run the race. Well, how do we run this race set before us? As we approach September and the startup of really a new ministry year, again, in the life of Bonavista Baptist Church, there's been a number of phrases that have come to mind as I've been in prayer and wondering, God, what do you have for us in this season? So I want to share just really briefly three of these phrases. As we move forward with confidence in the future, here are three things that we need to learn. First phrase is this, hold fast. It's kind of a weird phrase when you put it together. You hold fast, right? But some of you will know that this is a nautical term. It comes from uh, ships in rough water, right? If you hear the term hold fast, what does it mean? Hold on tight. Grab a hold of something that you can trust and hold on to it because there's rough waters around. And as I think as we're heading forward and we are still in rough waters culturally, in society, economically at times, we still face these challenges around us. We need to hold fast. To what? Well, the Bible says, hold fast to the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And where do we find the record of that? In Scripture. So I think that as we move forward, this isn't new for us. I'm not saying anything revolutionary. This is something that we want to continue because this has always been a church that values the word of God and the preaching of the word of God. And we need to continue to hold fast to the scripture, hold fast to God's word. But here's where we have to be careful. We have to hold on tight to God's word for the right reasons with the right outcomes in mind. We don't hold tight to this word so we can set ourselves up as superior to the culture around us, as the moral police force for all of society. We don't set up it to hold fast to God's word so we can use it to clobber others. We don't hold fast to God's word so we can uh, gain some ammunition for that next theological argument. So why do we hold fast to God's word? Precisely because these are the scriptures that testify about Jesus. We hold fast to God's word because they point us to Christ and we are to keep our eyes focused on Jesus because it's only in Jesus that we learn the truth about God. It's only in Jesus that we learn the truth about humanity, about one another. It's only in Jesus that we learn what it means to love God and love our neighbors as ourselves. And so hold fast is the first thing that has come to mind. It's not new, but it's something we have to continue. Here's the second thing that's also not new. The second phrase is this, go beyond, go beyond. I don't know if you've read the book of Acts lately, but if you read Acts chapters two to five, you get this beautiful picture of the early church. And, and it's, it's, it's so nice. You just want to live there for a while. They were all together. They were sharing their food. They were having meals together. They were sharing um, all their resources with those around them. There seemed to be this unity and this joy and this expression of love. And we just want to live in that place. But God said, don't get comfortable there. And pretty soon in the book of Acts, persecution comes and does what? Scatters the church. And the church is scattered on purpose because the church, the congregation, 
is never meant to get comfortable. That might come as sad news to some of us who maybe have served a long time and are thinking, I've been there, I've done that, now I take my rest. Nope, sorry. We're never meant to get comfortable. We're always being pushed out by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God's natural inclination is to push the church to go beyond. As you are going into all the world, proclaim the gospel, share the gospel, share this good news. And so while we honor and celebrate our past, we don't want to be satisfied with our past victories, right? And that's a, a thing we have to remember, that we are called to go beyond. We've heard a lot about the building, which is really important. And it's very clear that this building has been a lighthouse in this community. And it's been used to the glory of God in so many different ways. And it's been so incredibly important. But we always have to remember that the true church is not the building, right? that the living stones that the Spirit is gathering together to build into a spiritual household, that's you and me. That's what needs to be forefront and important. And you and me, we are being sent out to be salt and light in the world around us. And so as we move forward, we need to continue to go beyond these walls. That's why we continue to need the Missions Committee and Guatemala and Brown Bagging for Calgary Kids and our refugee uh, program that we engage in. Our youth programs who set the tone for us, they go out and meet with the community on a regular basis. In the Mustard Seed and Gull Lake Camp, we constantly need to be going out. But we also need to go beyond the organized programs of the church. We need to be going out as individuals too, to bear witness in our neighborhoods, in our families, in our workplaces, in our schools. Constantly the Spirit is moving us out. So hold fast to the scriptures, but also go beyond with courage as we're going into all the world to preach the gospel. Third thing is this. I think this is the thing that has been on my heart the most as we journey into the next decade of ministry and worship here at Bonavista Baptist. And that is this, make room, make room. Matthew chapter eight, Jesus is talking to a group of people who were well-versed in the scriptures. And he said this, I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. And the original hearers of that were not too happy because they were the insiders. And the idea that they were gonna to have to make room at the table for others, these Gentile dogs coming in, it didn't seem very pleasant. And yet Jesus was always making room at the table for those that often didn't have a seat in the first place. We need to make room. And so this is a warning that Jesus issues to those of us, I can count myself in here being here almost 10 years, not quite, nine and a bit, um, to remember that we always need to make room for others. So today we've had wonderful stories of the past, but here's the reality. Whether you've been here 45 years or 45 minutes, you have a story to tell. And that story is important for us to hear. As we've celebrated the faithful leaders of the past, we need to continuously make room for other leaders to come to the table as well. As we've celebrated consistent worship 
in the past, we need to make room for new expressions of worship as they come to us and lead the congregation forward. I think especially we need to make room in our leadership structures and our membership structures for new people who are coming from different cultural and social backgrounds and so that we can make room as God is calling us forward. But here's one final plug of who we need to make room for constantly. This isn't new for this church in this time. This is the constant burden of the church in every generation is to make room for our youth, for our young adults, for our students, not to simply tolerate them or patch up the holes or cover over the stains that they make in the carpet, right? But to make room so that they can begin to lead us. They can begin to shape and listen to God with us so that we can continue in ministry together. Make room. Well, there's an old phrase, and this old phrase does not apply to this congregation. The old phrase is this, rest on your laurels. Anybody know that phrase? Uh, It's kind of a weird one again, but laurels was this idea uh, in ancient Greece where they would take the crown, the wreath of laurels, and put it on the victor's head. So if you won the race, you got the laurels. But the idea of this phrase is, don't rest on your laurels. Don't rest on our past victories. The phrase means that the tendency is to become satisfied with our past accomplishments and not put forward any future effort. That is not true of this congregation. And we've seen it again and again. And it can't be true of us now. Instead, as we're holding fast to God's word, as we're going beyond the walls of this building, as we're making room at the table for others, let us continue to run with endurance the race that God has set before you and me, keeping our eyes on Jesus so that we don't grow weary and we never give up. Because may all who come behind us find us faithful. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this opportunity to recall your goodness and grace and faithfulness over 50 years. The names that we have mentioned and many who have gone before us, we hold them in our hearts and we give thanks. For those who have been among us for many, many years and have have dedicated their lives to serve, we give thanks. For those who maybe just walked in the door today and is wondering what's going on in this place, We give thanks. And together, Father, we pray that you would lead us on. Keep our eyes fixed on your son. And may we have another decade and more of serving you. We give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.